Hi, and welcome to June Millington and Friends, a podcast about music, why we do it, how we do it, the magical and spiritual aspects of writing and reaching deep inside ourselves. So dive deep with us. It's sponsored by the Institute for the Musical Arts, and if you'd like to support our efforts, please go to www.ima.org and click on any donate button. Thank you. Christine. Yes. Welcome back to IMA. Thank you, June. Glad to be here. Institute for the Musical Arts. And you were with us from the beginning in California. In fact, I was on the road with you. And we raised money from stage. That's it. Well, you had this idea. I did. And I could see it shining (laughs) right out of your eyes. And I know. I know better. I know when you really see it, it'll happen. You know, and, and it's like that. If it's an album or you'll yeah, see. Yeah, it's like a song that you already hear, and then you just have to you materialize have to actualize or construct it. it. Actualize. That's right, actualize it. But this was a massive actualization because we, we saw many iterations of it yeah. uh, in California, did lots of festivals raising money so you guys could stay alive. That's believing right. in the dream, believing in the dream. and Okay, you probably already know this, but... You were our second show in Bodega. Mary Watkins was the first. Excellent. No, I didn't know that. Yes. I'm proud to follow Sister Mary. And I heard that some people saw the poster in downtown, downtown Bodega, (laughs) and they're like, "Ah, there is no way Chris Williamson is playing here. But we were. Why would they think that, one wonders? Um, We play everywhere. We play and always have. There isn't a venue, whether it's a church or someone's living room or... We go where we're wanted. Well, the first, very first tape I heard of you was off of a cassette, and Jackie Robbins right. was playing it at our house in Woodstock, and I didn't really know who you were. And right. I heard it, and I thought, I think the first I noticed the audience reaction, and that was in a church basement. And I'm like, wow, that's, what is this? Solid. And then I heard your voice, and right. the two of them came together, and finally, I, after the tape played, I said, right. Jackie, who is that? She's oh, Chris Williamson. She's a friend of mine from when I was in a band in Binghamton. She came through town, and we had a lot of fun together, and uh, she wants me to play bass on an album. And that's how I even heard of you. Right. Oh, I heard you, actually, the very first time, which was really nice. And that was in 1975, so we've known each I other. I crawled into you, your ear. <laughs> you did. To live there forever, <laughs> where I was home. Yeah, yeah. Appreciated. Yeah. yeah you, because... Once we met, that was that. Kindred spirits. Oh, God, yes. And then we found out from a past life reading for me that we had been together before of One Believes in That, which I do as which I do too. Native Americans. Right. Uh, you're the dad. I'm so <laughs> We had many children. I'm you had to pay don't, many. Don't forget yeah. that. I'm your dad. You had to pay many ponies for me. <laughs> 50 oh, ponies or something like true. that. <laughs> still true, your majesty. <laughs> so anyway... Um, yes, many ponies should be your name. Uh, yeah. Your yeah. native name. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. But I'd like to go back to, it's not the very beginning, but it is one of your beginnings. And that is what your dad wrote when you were oh. born. I just love this story. So 
Um, it's a true story. Dad was back from the war. He'd been shot in the head. And my folks were living in South Dakota, in Sturgis. There was no hospital there, so they drove just ahead of a blizzard to the little hospital in Deadwood, South Dakota. And mm. Dad is so interested in He missed my brother's birth. My brother was two by then, right? Oh. So he wasn't, he never got as close to my brother as my mother was to him. My brother and my mom were so close. Oh, really? Well, they okay. just were, because they, they had two years where they were without yeah. dad. Right. And then here comes this stranger. Well, who's that, right? And dad has PTSD, and a two-year-old mm. boy is crying. You know, it's mm -hmm. hard. Yeah. So they move out to South Dakota where it's quiet. And so I'm on my way, which was interesting, because they were in Planned Parenthood at the time. And I've said to my mom, I said, you didn't plan to have me. That's interesting. She said, yeah. She says, oh, no, we couldn't afford you. I said, and yet I show up. And yet you show and yet up. Uh -huh. I showed up. And so they move forward with it. And I'm born at, on February 15th, 2.15, mm -hmm. at 2.15 mm -hmm. in the morning. And my dad is keeping track of my mom's contractions, the medicine they're giving her. He's just fascinated by it. He's never seen it. And they don't let men in, in the, at that time. They didn't let them into into the delivery so room. So his face is pressed against. Well, he's hanging <laughs> from a transom window, and they. But he's meanwhile he's keeping track of everything in yeah. a book called "Wild Animals I Have Known." Oh, that is. It's a wonderful perfect. book. Oh, I have the book. Goodness. I have oh. it. Okay. And on the back page, you know, just that blank page because he didn't have any paper, so he's it's in pencil, and he's. You know, and then it says, born 215 at 215, Mary Christine Williamson. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. What a voice. And I just love that. I, I know. I so love that. I do too. So, so I enter the world. in some way. I mean, he heard you crying or whatever. I but yelled. He I went, hey. <laughs> and so he opens the, they open the door to say it's a girl. And he falls in the delivery room. Oh, it's adorable. It is. It's beautiful. Yeah. He was just, he couldn't get close enough to it, mm -hmm. to me. But we were really, really you close. You had a special relationship. I mean, I yeah. never met your dad. He died, I think, the year that we met. However. He died just before Changer. Okay. Before I made Changer and the Change. Oh, my. Yeah, so that's in there, too. No wonder you were so inward. All that Because grief, when I met that's you, right. yeah, I played on your album, and I thought it was wonderful. You guys gave me a standing ovation, which was very sweet, because I was actually prepared. But <laughs> you were very inward. Oh, yeah. Uh, I didn't realize you were so sorrowful. Oh, it was the but, end of my soulmate, as yeah. far as I knew. I'd never had anyone, and no one in my family was like that, like Dad, who was like me. So I didn't have anybody in the family who was like me yeah and you know they're not poets they're just practical people mm. <laughs> you know and i mm. so i just felt uh lost mm -hmm. during that time mm -hmm. but it had already happened and i was far away i was in washington dc and uh how old was he 40 something or? 52 52 young and you and i have both passed that age oh yeah many years now mm -hmm. and we go you know that was young really young that was mm -hmm. so young but he had an incredible influence on you and he had a great yeah. influence i mean i Still remember does. so many stories you've told me about yeah. 
being in the woods or being in the mountains yeah. or just being outdoors. And That's the, it. It you was know, a forest ranger. Yeah. yeah, the forest ranger, exactly. Right. And you had a horse. I remember you had a story about the horse threw you in the woods. And, oh, when I got please? lost. Yeah. It, it's a mighty story. How, how old were you? Ten. Okay. Yeah. And please. I'd been with Dad. This is the summer up in the Bighorns of Wyoming. And he'd choose, he would go back and camp and be back in the wilderness for, oh, a week maybe. And so I got chosen. I was just so thrilled. So he puts me on a horse uh, that was a borrowed horse, actually, because a cowboy had come up from one of the ranches down in Sheridan and was working for the Forest Service that summer. And so he brought his horse with him. And I got to ride that horse. And so Bones is a Palomino, and I'm riding him. And we go all the way back into the wilderness, and we're there for a week. I'm at the Mm. campsite by myself at Mm. age 10. Mm. I'm never frightened. I don't think for a minute dad isn't going to come home. But you think back on it now and you go, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have any way to know. It wouldn't have been service anyway. Everyone would have thought the worst with you being out there, but actually it was the best. It was the best. I'd fish. I'd read. I always had a book still to this day. And then I'd look at the sun and the sun would be dropping. And we'd be so deep in the woods that it would be dark soon, so and Dad still wasn't back, so mm-hmm. I would get the fire ready because he had taught me to build fire, which, which he I taught me. <laughs> That's right, because it's a skill people need to know. Yeah, I think absolutely. I just do. It's it's an ancient people skill, and mm-hmm. and it turns out you need it from time to time. So I'm getting the fire laid. I don't start it yet until I hear him, and then I hear the bridle jingling, and Dad's coming in, and he says, "Hello, sister." So then I'd start the fire, and he'd cook supper, and we'd sit out under the stars and just talk, and it was so companionable. Boy, that is so Just sweet. beautiful. And the last day, he was a great camp cook, and the last day we'd be down to pancakes and peanut butter. And so he'd make pancake sandwiches for, for the trip home, right? He'd make a big batch of pancakes, we'd have them for breakfast, and then the remainders, we'd just put peanut butter and jelly on and fold them over, and that'd be our lunch when we'd stop. Mm-hmm. So on the way back home, uh, there's a trail. And one of the pack horses, this pack starts to slip. Dad says, you go on ahead, sister. I'll catch up with you. And I come to a fork in the trail, and I take the left fork because I saw hoof prints. And I thought, oh, yeah. But no, it had rained since we had been in there. So those weren't our tracks. No tracks on the right trail home. So I, for a good hour or so, and, you know, it's around 4 o'clock, and to this day, in my day, when 4 o'clock rolls around, I get very dreamy. It's a, it's a good time for me to take a nap, honestly, because I, I start traveling between worlds, and things can come in and things can go out. So I'm usually careful, but I was just so happy riding along, la, la, la. And all of a sudden, I stop, and it's just the woods and the birds are starting to quiet down, and the sun's going down, and I turn around, and I realize, Dad hasn't been with me for about an hour. And I panic. Now I'm a kid yeah, without my dad, mm-hmm. and I'm not grown up at all. I step on the stirrup to get off, and the saddle slips, so I'm too little. I can't put that saddle up, so I just undo the cinch, and it drops on the trail with my jacket. And then I take the reins and I just hot foot it. I have little boots on and jeans and I have braids. 
I'm small. I'm just running back. And I come back to the trail, to the fork. And sure enough, now there are tracks. Dad's ahead of me. He doesn't know I'm not ahead of him at all. And so his part of the story is he gets to the ranger station and he says to my mom, is she here? And my mom says, you lost her? Oh, was he in trouble? So he hotfoots it. He says, I know where she's going to come out. I'll go wait at the end of the trail, which is a Western saying for when you die and you're waiting f- for your loved ones to come. Mm-hmm. You're waiting at the end of the trail. So literally, he goes there and he's waiting for me to pop out, you know, from that trail. But I'm, meanwhile, back on the right trail. Yeah. I'm just have climbed a rock because I don't have a saddle. So mm-hmm. I'm going to ride bareback home. And I'm sliding my leg over, and that horse takes off. (laughs) Going so fast. I'm just crouched like a jockey. And you were scared? I couldn't have time to be scared. (laughs) I'm just holding on like, geez, please don't fall off. Uh Tears streaming out of my eyes. He's going really fast because he's late for oats. They make double time going home. You make always really good time Mm -hmm. getting back to the ranger station. So he's, he's late. And if I had just listened to him, I never would have gotten lost. I really was just waylaid. I, I wasn't exactly lost. But didn't you get thrown off and wake Yes, up? He, all of a sudden he stops. And I'm holding, you know. Yeah. So in that crouched position, I fly over his head and I fall straight down on the ground and I smash into the ground with the right side of my face. And my left arm is underneath me and I roll over and the horse comes over the top of me and clips me in my third eye with his hoof, and that's all I knew. I'm out. I don't know how long, but I come to, and I roll over, and because I hear water, and I decide I'm going to go towards the water. I think I'm blind because I can't see anything. I've got dirt and blood in my eyes, and I'm a mess. So I went, ooh, your arm doesn't work. (laughs) So I'm just gimping along, and I go stick my entire head in an icy water, glacial river, and I look up, I come to, and I'm older. I'm not 10 anymore. And I'm very calm, because now I just have to get home. I have to just attend to these things. And there's Bones standing in the middle of the river with his reins trailing out ahead of him. He's in the full moonlight. He's, because he's a Palomino, he's, you know, just golden. And he's beautiful. And he's looking right at me. He says, because he's a ranch horse. Here we go now. Exactly right. You know what I was impressed by was a picture that you painted uh, for me with your words about the moonlight, how you woke up in the moonlight, and you weren't afraid somehow. Not past Mm -hmm. that. I passed the panic. It was so comforting to not be afraid, to not have that panic. And I just went, okay, one thing at a time. So I walk out and I get bones and we go to the other side and he knows I'm hurt. Mm-hmm. The thing is, he waited because he was a ranch horse. They're trained to do it because that's probably your only way home. If you've fallen off, if a cowboy has fallen off their horse, all the ranches are huge. So you're somewhere out there and you maybe have a broken leg or whatever. That horse has got to get you home. So they wait. I fell sound asleep on his back, oh. curled up because by now oh. I'm shaking with cold because yeah. I've been in the water and I'm shocky. So what was, uh, I just want to know what your mom said when she saw you, when you came. She (laughs) was a nurse. So my, I mean, here's this little part is where all of a sudden when I'm sleeping on getting home, he stops again, Mm -hmm. this time gently. And I I sit up on the horse and I'm at a cabin and I see four women playing cards around a kerosene lamp. And it's 
the cabin of my newly retired fourth grade teacher, Tecla Swanson, and her women friends. And so she's, they're playing cards, and so I climb down off the horse, and I walk up, and she leans down and says, why, it's a little Indian girl. I was thrilled. It felt like somebody had finally recognized me. And then I had to fess up. No, it's me, Christine Williamson. I was in your class last year. Uh, my dad's the ranger, and I've been hurt, and I need to get home. Uh-huh. So they brought me in and washed oh, my face okay. and called the two Ruths, who were two women who were lesbians. And, I mean, I know it now. I didn't know it yeah, then. Yeah. They were just teachers who lived together. What Everybody <laughs> did. Teachers who didn't get married found another teacher, and they lived together. <laughs> found another teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. That's how you do it. That's, That's right. how you do it. <laughs> And they were the my they were uh-huh. darling, and mm-hmm. each had the first name Ruth, and they were known throughout town as the two Ruths. Someday I'll write that song. Yes, yes, absolutely. And the two Ruths, we had a phone that you you know you had to go ring 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 <laughs> ring 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 ring, and everybody had certain rings, and everyone on the line would pick up because you know news yeah. news on the mountain, <laughs> entertainment. And they, quite yeah, frankly. totally. Yes, we yeah. didn't have TV. Yeah, we had radios and stuff, but. This was big news. Oh, the ranger's daughter. She wandered in out of the woods. She's okay. Yeah. She's been hurt. But yeah. but can you come up and pick her up? So they drove their pickup up and put me betwixt them and tied the horse to the back. And mm-hmm. on a full moon night, we drive home and my they yelled at my mom, Jenny, we've got her. She's a little banged up. And my <laughs> mother's face was horrified. <laughs> yes, it was. And I ran right into the bathroom to see what did I look like? And I was a mess. Oh, man, I had cuts all over my face. I had gravel in my whole right side of my face. I had plowed up, because he had stopped because it's called a cut bank. And I just flew over his head and plowed up the cut bank with my mm-hmm. with my cheek. But I got home, and Mom drove me off the mountain into our, the little hospital down there where they stitched me up. I looked like Frankenstein. Oh, they did stitch Yeah, you. I, had a, oh, I had stitches right at the center of my forehead. Oh. My third eye had been opened. Yes, yes. And I knew it. Uh-huh. I didn't know anything you about that. You weren't 10 anymore. I wasn't 10 anymore. Mm-hmm. I like that. And they treated me like a hero on the mountain mm-hmm. because I'd gotten myself out. Well, the horse did, honest yeah. to God. Yeah. But I came too, you know, and I didn't die in there. And you knew to trust the horse. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And the horse knew what to do, so it, it really worked something? out. It was a great relationship. I still have, have great relationships with animals, with horses. Oh, They're magical creatures. So that's a big old story and a big point in my life. Where it's not a comma. No. It's an exclamation point. Yes, or... it is. It really is. So from there, you moved to where? My folks stayed there, and I went through a whole school system from third grade on. Before that, we had moved 40 times or more before third grade. We just were moving all the time. No, wait. Let's go back to Sheridan. Yeah. How did you get to Sheridan, and when was that? That was when I was in third grade. We moved to Sheridan from Colorado, okay. from the prairies, way out in the prairies. Let's stay in Sheridan for just a oh, second. Oh, it's so you, great. Yeah. It's my hometown. It I love is, it huh? there. Somebody asked me the other day, what's your favorite place of all the places? I said, oh, honestly, my hometown and, mm-hmm. and those mountains. I mean, to me, Sheridan sounds so mysterious and beguiling. And, you know, because I'm, I'm an island girl, and right. you're a mountain slash prairie girl. That's it. Our experiences are radically almost different. opposite. Yes, I mean, they are. You don't have an ocean there. No. We're the bottom of the old ocean. Ah, the prairies okay. are honestly the bottom of the old ocean on the old old sea, right? And 
you'll find fossils there because there's no water out there. Yeah, yeah. It's dry as can be and high altitude. I didn't live for years, nothing under 3,000 feet. Really? Oh, yeah, high in the air, high altitude. High prairie? High prairie? Is that what that's known as? Yeah, well, see, Denver is 5,000. Yeah. It's a mile, literally. First time I played Denver in Fanny, I couldn't believe. I thought I was going to die on stage. Yeah. But I love that high, thin air. To this day, I love singing in it. My voice was born in that. Yours um, was born in great watery places. Oh, yeah, it was very so close to the ocean. The colors and the All movement. that, yeah, it's, it's, in your, it's in your music. Yeah. Um, Sheridan, you've told me multiple stories. Let's just pick a couple. Your mom, and I don't know if she played cards with some other women or whatever, or in the church, but you were kind of chosen to be the one to... Oh, she'd say, Chris, come out here and sing to the bridge club. It'd just be in the living room. Talk about a house concert. <laughs> so is- intense and so close. And they'd all, it's beautiful, dear. Dear. It's beautiful, dear. Have some cake. <laughs> you know, and I went, I said, do you think this is going to be my life? Listen, humble beginnings. Oh, man. Okay. Couldn't be more humble. <laughs> I love it. Humble. What, what kind of songs would you sing for them? And what did you have? Oh, folk music. On guitar? Or yeah, guitar. How did you get on a guitar? Uh, my brother had one, and it was it was called a regal guitar. It, the action was like a half inch yes. high. Oh, oh, ow! <laughs> this is gonna, yeah. Folk music's gonna hurt. <laughs> but I had uh, John Baez, you know, albums okay. and Dylan, and in my bedroom I had a. Uh, That's what you would sing to the bridge. Yeah, I was listening. And mother would say, turn her down. That voice cuts through the walls. I went, that's what I like about it. (laughs) Defending. This woman taught me about revolution. She was one of the bravest people I'd ever known. You know, I had a chance to tell her. No, I didn't. We were in Billings. Bonnie Ray was doing a good friend of both of ours, Mm -hmm. uh, was doing a, a show there with the Indigo Girls, a Touch the Earth show. And I just happened to be there, and I phoned Bonnie up, and she says, oh, God, come down. And Joan was on that show as well. It was in an armory. Odd. The best. Yeah, the best. <laughs> the, the best places acoustics. we've played. Yes, oh, my. From Bridge Club to the Armory. <laughs> and in Billings is just up north of Sheridan. It's mm, just mm. where we used to go. It was the nearest big city. So we're down there, and there's one sink, and Joan and I are washing our hands. And I'm looking in the mirror, and, and I say, Joan, I just got to say one thing. I wouldn't be standing here right this minute if not for you. You know, just a few miles south of here is where I grew up, and I was listening to you. And you have been so important in my life. So we have a picture, Bonnie and Joan and I, of our hands that was so beautiful. But that was a wonderful, just a moment. Just to have a chance. Just to have a chance to thank the people who meant the world to me. You have those people. Well, you met Bonnie through me. You wanted her to That's play right. on your and album. And you said, I know her. I went, you do? But here's the part yeah. you may not know. I couldn't reach her. And so finally I thought I'd try when Negra and I were driving through Yellowstone. I called her from the <gasps> middle of Wyoming. the woods. Yeah, in the middle of the woods. What? And from a little phone booth. I had my little coins. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, and she picked up the phone. You and were like, in my home state. Yeah. And I said, you know, blah, 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 Chris Williamson, of course, she loved you. She knew you were. And she said, yeah, but I just don't have the time. And I said, well, what if we fly down to you? And that's how we flew down to L.A. Got it. To do the session. Got it. Isn't and it amazing? she said, yeah, people, most people don't ask me to play. They just ask me to sing. I said, what are they nuts? <laughs> yeah, really? 
And she had practiced, which I loved when she got when to the studio. When anger takes the wind. Yeah, she had practiced it. Anyway, let's go back to the days of yore. Yore. Let's go back to Sheridan. Yep. So there you are, the Bridge Club. Those were your first gigs. Yeah, and, and anything. Funerals, weddings. Yeah. Right. Steady, steady work, as you said. Steady work. Uh-huh. Funerals are really hard. Weddings, okay. They had a song usually they wanted you to sing. Funerals. They just kind of leave it up to you because everyone's in shock. So what kind of a song would you sing at a funeral? Oh, I can't even remember. Something, sometimes they'd want church music. And yeah, I, but you I knew the church repertoire, did you not? Oh, yeah. Hymns, yeah. mostly. Right. And then they'd have these big songs that my dad sang a lot in church, and I sang solos in church. Oh, you so did? I had, oh, oh, yeah. Could you sing a little bit? No, Is there one you I, can remember? No, I can't. See, when I asked you if you remember the, our first tour in 76. Yeah, no, I got and nothing. you said, I got nothing. I got nothing, Junie. Like, what? I well, if somebody remember. started it, I probably I probably would know. Let's see. I'm going to gather you and I to together to some sky. What a voice. Your dad but was I'm right. I'm sure it wasn't that low. Because they make you sing so high in church like that. So painful. But it's nice that you know that repertoire because a lot of it is so beautiful. You know, one of my favorite songs of all time. Yeah. And I've said this to you before. You don't yeah. probably remember it, but... Children, oh, you know, yeah. it's so in the best interest of the in children. Best interest, and I, I, uh, I remember when you wrote that. I thought, where did that come from? I mean, I'd already done a tour or two with you, and you come up with. I that. get a million of them. I mean, they're it was just so far out there. for me. You yeah. know, the construction of that song was very intriguing it's to me. It's pretty classical in its way. The way it marches up the piano. I can feel the church in there. Oh, yeah. You know, there's something Without very calming doubt. about it. Without a doubt. The great thing about churches is that they have headroom galore. And it's usually oh, stone or glass. Oh, headroom. Oh, right. When like you the sing, studio, there's no yeah. mic. You're pushing air. There's no mic. Yeah. So you aim your voice. And, and it, it's the look of, of a very devout person. You're looking up to God, <laughs> apparently. Uh -huh. For me, I'm just going, I'm going to aim my voice up there. Nice. So that it falls like rain, evenly on people. Mm. And the strike, I call them striking surfaces. The striking surfaces are stone and glass, generally. And some wood, which is warm. But your voice, my voice knew exactly wow. how to find striking surfaces within a building. That's why studios are harder, because we have to simulate the headroom. Because they're dead spaces. Yeah. We want them that way so we can capture the sound in a pure way. Yeah. Right? But in the oldie days, they honestly were in, you know, with a megaphone. They had to all mm -hmm. sing into a megaphone in studios. Yeah. That's why you get that great, <laughs> you know, that great, mm -hmm. it isn't pure, it's rough. Yeah. It's something well, I like not, about it. Yeah. It's funny because um, when we started and in our band, The Svelts, and we were playing surf music with all our hearts, you know, right. you know, and we played gyms a lot. And to this day, I love that echoey gym thing. Oh, yeah, and it keeps going, you know. Oh, yeah. And you have to catch up to it or just stay Play your course. Yeah, you have to. And kind and of what surf I call, music was made with that. With yeah. that much verb, right? A lot of people don't like that amount of verb. I I, I just like love it. it. I'm comfortable with it. I like anyway, it. I just love that your voice yeah. knew in I some knew. way where those... Nobody taught me. Yeah. I did take voice lessons eventually 
because I had sung incorrectly and I I sang naturally, mm -hmm. but I pushed my voice too hard and I hurt it. And so I went to this doctor who looked down there and went, well, she probably shouldn't <laughs> talk for about two weeks. My mother said, good. <laughs> I, I just looked at her because it was big. I couldn't say anything because it was starting right then. <laughs> so I wrote something. I said, may I now take voice lessons? Oh, and she, nice. she wrote back yeah, or said, uh -huh. yes. Oh, nice. Because I'd been nice. taking piano up to seventh grade oh, and then really? yeah and then at seventh grade and around that time you start aiming towards bigger stuff yeah right like standards and gershwin and i want to sing that stuff and rock and roll yeah yeah no that didn't happen you until sing, college let me stand next to your yeah. fire by the way we've discussed this before i would love to get let me stand next to your fire let's do it let me i mean I you can sing pretty it. much anything i want to do it as <laughs> uh oh bluegrass Wow. Let me stand inside your fire. <laughs> next ding, ding, to ding, your ding, ding. fire. Yeah, next to. Okay, inside, next it's to. Next to. Okay, let's go back to Sheridan. <laughs> Sorry, because there's so many stories you told me I'd like to sort of ping off of them, you know. Sure. All right, so, Bill, how well, you got your first kind of record deal or whatever. I, we had one radio station in town, okay, so everybody listened to one. And you did commercials? To everything. Yes. Okay. I did commercials for the rock and roll show, which okay. happened after school from four uh -huh. to five. And this radio station, it started at six in the morning with the farm report <laughs> and ended at midnight. I wish people could see her face. The, the farm, farm report. report. And then midnight, <laughs> uh, ended at midnight, maybe even 11, because uh -huh. everyone was supposed to be in bed by yeah. then, with classical music. Nice. So each genre had an hour. Oh. And... There was country music, there was, and rock and roll came in when we were out of school. So we'd all be, we called it buzzing Maine. There was nothing to do but drive, drive up and down for an hour after school, <laughs> waving to the people you'd seen all day, as if they were, suddenly had become exotic strangers. And the soundtrack was provided by the radio. Because okay. we were so far, right. we couldn't get any other radio station but our own. Mm -hmm. So for one hour, we had rock and roll. And I started out as a freshman. I was doing commercials for Bob was the guy who was the DJ. Okay. And Bob was in a group, a singing group, a quartet. We had a great music teacher, Miss Phyllis Eide. Eide, okay. E-I-D-E. -E. Oh. She could play in any key. I'd never met anyone like that. Um, and, you know, she goes, oh, that's too high for you. Let's put it down. I went, huh? how do you do that? She goes, well, you keep the same figuring, you just move it down. And I learned from her that. It's like a, a capo with a guitar, right? But fingering on piano is how you do it. You don't change the fingering. You just move down to another key. Now, guitar is not like that, unless you use a capo. Yes, that's right, right yeah. Which saved my ass a hundred times. So I know him, I know the DJ. I like to go down and hang out at the radio station. It's fun, and then he says, oh. I need a... I need somebody to sing this. It was for a shoe store. Oh, I wish you could remember that song. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I know you don't. I don't know. <laughs> I, I do know. Nothing. I know some commercials, but not yeah. that I did later in my life in oh. San Francisco. Oh, But okay. when I needed some dollars. Yes. But these early ones, they'd play them, and then they'd play a song. And my friend Bill Emery, what an exotic creature. He, he sold records in Moss Holder's Furniture Store. <laughs> yeah. And... We were talking about this yeah. at dinner the other night because yeah. the record players were like furniture. Yes, they were. So it made mm -hmm. sense that the things you played on the record player furniture records were sold also 
there in the furniture store. So he he's there and he's he's brought copy over for the furniture store to do a commercial. Mm-hmm. They usually just read them, right? This week you get Mossholder's <laughs> furniture, you can get a lovely settee. <laughs> a couch for five. <laughs> with Hassock. So Hassock. Yes. Oh. So oh, he's there and while he's in the radio station, he hears my voice on a commercial. Oh. And he says Who's, Who's that? that? And Bob says, oh, that's Chris Williamson. She's local girl. So She's... by that time, you're Chris. You're not Mary Christine. No. Okay. All right. And although mother wanted it always to be, your name is Christine. I went, I know, but Chris is who I am. Yeah. Okay. That's going to be it. But when you have to call a child, you need two syllables. It can't be Chris. You have to go Christine. So they would revert to that when they needed me. Right. So Bill hears me. He says, oh, my God. We have mm-hmm. to have that for us. Uh-huh. So he met me, and I was just thrilled. I'm just a freshman in high school. Mm. I'm 16. Mm. He says, let's record you. Do, you. do you play? I said, oh, yeah. He said, do you have about 10 songs? I said, oh, yeah. Were you lying? No. Okay. No, I was nice. busy learning okay. all of the folk repertoire that I could. And right. they were usually four chords or something. Okay. It wasn't impossible. Hey. Right? right, right. And I had a baritone ukulele as well as mm. guitar. I didn't play piano much yet. I got back to that. Yes, you did. But, in a big and way. I had it because I had years, seven years of piano mm. in whatever town we were in, right? Mm-hmm. So it was lying there in wait for when I was ready. But meanwhile, guitar's portable. So yeah. I wanted that. I wanted to be able to play anywhere, anywhere, anywhere besides the bridge club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they... Record me in the radio station, just like this, just like mm-hmm. you and I are sitting here like this. Mm-hmm. One take, the reels are just going outside there like that. Oh, nice. He found three guys who all put in a hundred bucks, and we, they paid for the session. So it wasn't even called a session. Yeah. It was just they recorded me. Don't you have a story about sitting here with your parents and four guys around a table or something, and they're saying we want to record your yes. daughter? And you know? and they, and my mother's so suspicious. <laughs> My dad didn't care much, uh-huh. as long as I was safe. Yeah, right. You know, he'd almost lost me before. <laughs> before. This was nothing. Right. And they were perfectly respectable gentlemen of the community. Mm-hmm. But mother, you know, it's like, what do you want here? Yeah. She's 16. What are you going to do with that? Right? Good question. They're all Actually, good questions. Yeah. And they went, no, she'll, she'll make all mm-hmm. the money from it. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll mm-hmm. probably make back our little deposit that we've done and I don't even know. I don't remember any of it. I was just sitting on tenderhooks going, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Don't don't squash this. This could be wonderful for me. It was a real me. record that you made, a real record? What was it called? The World Around, Chris oh. Williamson. I made three of them from 16 to 18. Wow. They sold out. We only pressed, we pressed five. Oh, she's very, very earnest. Is, is our Christine. <laughs> yes, she is. Oh, so sweet. Yeah, very yeah. sweet. Singing songs about things I didn't know anything about, like drugs and, you know. But I was imitating Dave Van Ronk. Mm-hmm. Okay, running around my brain. You know, I didn't know, <laughs> Did what any, didn't know what any of it was. You did that one? No, I just oh, like, I thought it was a cool, I wanted that quality, yes, that rough yes. quality. Right. I had one song that I'd written, but I'd only written it down. I didn't know how to write, really. It just came completely through me mm-hmm. when I was 16, that summer, and I wrote it down. It was called White Dove Over the Mountain. How does it go? Oh, please. <laughs> White Dove Over the Mountain 
if my what? Man you should see. Give him my love, oh beautiful dove, and send him back home to me. See? Come on. I know. Come on. I know. It had like two or three verses in a chorus and... um, so that was on there. The first one was called White Dove, the very first album. And then it was a stock cover. We had it pressed in Arizona at the same place that Olivia originally pressed the changer. Mm. Interesting. Really interesting. And pressed 500 of them, sold them in the furniture what? store, really? sold out. My. And they went, well, let's make another. Yeah. So 17, I'm 17, so I make another one. And How they, many takes for each song? One. Okay. <laughs> one all right well li- i was alive and that's the, yes. still my philosophy do it right, right the first right. time yeah man you do do it right don't the wait for time. the chorus absolutely don't yeah. wait you know yeah. i tell i tell my students that mm-hmm. i tell anybody a young singer mm-hmm. you know i'll fix it in the mix no, no you won't no just do it that is an right. excuse right don't be tardy <laughs> that's it that's what that's uh-huh. right yeah. you you and i are you know and like you said two or three times and she rehearsed Right. I still rehearse. You saw me today. I'm running through things. Right. Because I think I know them. Well, you don't know them, Missy. You haven't run that song in some time. And there are a hundred others that are crowding that one out. You better and go you, in there. And you need to go through it so you can have this, the... Um, confidence. Well, yes, the confidence to create the space to, for those new let things that song, you're doing every time. That's it. And let you the know? song sing. The you owe it to the song, whether it's yours or anybody yeah, else's. that's right. Yeah. To do it correctly. Absolutely. Well, no, really. I mean, that's a responsibility that's... Uh, I still do it. I yeah. rehearse. I practice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I'm teaching, I, I prepare. Hey, I heard you today. That's right. And it was a wonderful thing to behold, actually. You. you know, you're you. concentrating on your job. You have a job. I have a job. I'm good at my job. Oh, yeah. And I love my job. Yeah. And I owe it to my job, no matter what I would have been or had done, mm-hmm. to prepare. Yeah. But now if I screw up live, and I do, I just laugh. <laughs> I go, well, that isn't how that goes, yeah. is it? You know, but sometimes mistakes Let are the best. In. Let people in on yeah. the process. Yeah. They laugh so hard to see you, you know, if you don't suffer. Pretend nothing happened. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. The emperor has yeah. no clothes. You just make it real. Make it real. I'm going to jump ahead because my mind just went there. Cool. Okay. Thunder is shaking. Oh, Piano yeah. song. Yeah. Uh, it completely riveted your entire audience. And, and you so let me play drums on it on the first. Totally. <laughs> now, you told me that that was your kind of practice song for quite a while, just your soundtrack practice song. And then you decided to put words to it. And that made me think of, I mean, I probably never told you this, but Ray Charles wrote Hit the Road Jack because that was his practice just a little thing. And of course, the girls at camp use that. I mean, sometimes they want to do that song, but it's in so many. Use that as, as a phrase to hang their hat on where they're nice. know, trying to learn. But that song, we called well, it Shooter, did we not? Shooter? We call it Shooter. Uh-huh. It is hard to play. Yeah. Um, but I did it, so yes, I know I have to. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I when I haven't done it in a while... I think I've dropped the key one. Yeah, but step. you really sang your little, you know, you sang your soul hard oh. out on that one, and it was gritty, and it was in the moment. That's it. People loved it. That's it. You and know. it picks up speed. 
it picks it up because it's a shooting star. And if you, shooting stars are not like static in this one speed. No, they go boom like that. And, and it had to, it had a life of its own. It did that. I didn't plan it. That's just how it was. But I had to keep up with it. Yes, you did. It just gallops. It's a great song. It's an amazing song. Okay, so I'm not going to move back a little bit. Yeah. Because we're going to go before Changer because so much happened between the time that we're talking about those commercials. Copyright 2020 Institute for the Musical Arts, all rights reserved. Unauthorized copying, reproduction, broadcasting, or distribution of this podcast is prohibited.